Friends are very important to us here at the What's It About Film podcast, and I'm not talking about the television show. We've had a lot of friends come on this show to talk about their favorite movies with us, but today, we're flipping the script, because today is a very special day. Today is my co-host, my collaborator, and one of my dearest friend's birthdays, the one and only Seth Crow. Seth, since it is your birthday, I have something special planned for you. Now, we don't usually do experimental films on this show, but today, we just happen to have the film's creator in the virtual room with us. So, if you're finding yourself lost and you're not sure what to do next, then do I have the film for you? As we ask the question, a suggestion of anything at all, what's it about? I'm your host, Ricardo Blade Diaz. (laughs) And I'm Seth Crow. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) This is the What's It About Film Podcast, the show where two aspiring creatives aim to glean the meaning of it all through the media we consume, holding a mirror up to ourselves, and seeing how it reflects in our own lives. So Seth, yes, we're going to be talking about your film today on the so dumb so dumb ricky i'm uh, you got me i you freaking got me you made me cry you jerk i wish i would have had that recording of you just (laughs) i can't i can't be got Uh. (laughs) Uh, uh, i have another surprise for you actually okay uh it's not just gonna be me it's not just gonna be you we are gonna have some Special guests joining us as well. Oh my god! The specialist guest, <laughs> some other guests too. I have a feeling I know who it's going to be. It's Dermot Moroni. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> who is it? Who could, who it, could be? it be? It's hey. Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Surprise, bitch. Surprise, bitch. <laughs> I don't know if I could say bitch. I didn't fully say it. Yeah, you can. If, hey, if you can't say it, who can? Um, I'm really hard to surprise. No one could ever surprise me. <laughs> no. No way, Sarah. You would never get me, Sarah. That's a spot oh, on man. Spot on impression. <laughs> oh, That's God. exactly what he sounds like over here like frozen i'm just like what's going on <laughs> is dane gonna get on here too maybe i don't know yeah he's supposed to i don't know where he's he is to... I texted well, he just, him. He, since he's technically here he could just come in he could <laughs> he could just be on be, uh, on my mic or something well, tell, maybe you should tell him because the surprise yeah. is already ruined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not ruined, but we've already uh, we've already popped the popper on the surprise. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. We have the hey. whole cast here. We have the whole cast. That's what I was just gonna say. Many of yeah. us featured in the uh, the feature film, the 2019 feature film, a suggestion of anything at all, aka the Insta Film Project. If only we could have gotten Chuck. He was a hard yeah. get. He, yeah. He's very busy these He's days. He's a banker. Chuck is a banker. Yeah. So it would have been tough to get him on a on a Wednesday morning. Yeah. Uh but yes, today we are gonna do a film that our very own Seth Crow made himself a couple of years ago. The Insta Film Project, also later titled A Suggestion of Anything at All. So, Seth, of course, 
we want to do this film. Specifically, Sarah suggested that we surprise you by doing this film. Oh, and I thought it was a wonderful idea. And it's so dumb. It's so dumb that it makes me cry, but it does. It's like I'm it's so, so glad. Dumb. I'm so glad that. Uh, like I said, I wish I would have gotten it on. Like I would have hit record like just a few minutes before, and it would have gotten me saying, "I'm too hard to get." I, <laughs> I figured it out. There he there is. Oh, <laughs> uh, the whole uh, cast, man. The whole cast. <laughs> the whole bar. Uh, I'm all vulnerable because I'm hungover. Uh, and so I'm just like a little raw here. And then I don't know. It's really cool you guys to do this. So like I said, Sarah suggested, I thought it was a wonderful idea, um, especially because, you know, this whole show is about us being vulnerable, us sharing bits of ourselves, talking about how films affect us and what better way than talking about a film that one of us made in that same spirit of learning about yourself, expressing yourself. Uh, and yes, we are so lucky to have one of the fellow stars of the, of the movie, uh, Sarah Fiddleholtz with us. And one of the other stars, the big bad, as it were, Mr. Dane diamond. On Dane to join diamond. Us. Hey. So uh. we're going to be talking about your film today. How do you feel? How are you feeling right now, man? Uh, I, I've, I, I'm like trying to fight the tears cause, uh, yeah, you missed it, Dane. I was just saying like, oh, uh, it's really hard to get past me. Like I knew, like I figured out Dane was coming to, you know, and, uh, you knew about, and the, you knew like, about the surprise party cause all the dips, was, all the dips in the fridge. And so I was like, yeah, it's really hard to surprise me. And then I get on here thinking we're about to do the big chill and <laughs> And he's like, today we're doing a suggestion of anything at all. I just burst into tears. I just, I, I don't know why. <laughs> to be fair to me, uh, it's easier, it's easier for me to light and surprise you because I live thousands of miles away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I have no dips to tip, to tip you off. Yeah. Oh, well, you got me. You got me, Sarah. All right. <laughs> Good job, everybody. We did it. High fives. Virtual high fives. So how do we talk about this movie? Well, you know, the format's going to be a little bit different today, uh, folks. Um, so yeah, Seth hasn't watched this movie, but I'm sure he knows it backwards and forwards uh, as yeah. he spent a year making it. Um, but what we're going to do here, um, we are going to allow Seth to tell us a little bit about the process of making the movie, what what inspired it. So basically, Seth, you're going to be doing the how this came to be section of this okay of this yeah. podcast today. Um, and then we are going to um, share some of our experiences helping you make the film uh, and then going back and watching it a couple years later now, uh, what that film ha continues to mean to us and continues to uh, evolve into. And also just share with some folks uh, some of the stories behind uh, making it, maybe share some of our favorite moments and all that good stuff. Cool. Um, so, Yes, this is the uh, film, A Suggestion of Anything at All. For any of you who are coming to listen to us talk about The Big Chill, don't worry. We're going to do that next week. Uh, so uh, we wanted to surprise Seth. We had to keep the, we had to keep the ruse up. So uh, we're going to put a link to the InstaFilm Project, a.k.a. Uh, a Suggestion of Anything at All, in the description of the podcast. So that way you guys can all go in and watch it now. And then listen to the podcast after. Um, so that way. It's only 50 knows. minutes. Yeah. It's a short guy. It's a short. It's yeah. a, it's a feat. Technically a feature length. 
technically, <laughs> technically a feature length. Anything over 50 minutes is technically a feature. It's not a short film. <laughs> uh, but yes, go and watch it. That way you guys can have a little bit more context or, you know, no big deal. If not, you know, we're just going to be talking about how we feel about this movie and what it means to us. So, uh, yes, this film uh, written and directed by our very own Seth Crow. Uh, and a few other people coming in to guest direct here and there uh, with additional material written by yours truly, Ricardo Blade Diaz. And again, some other people coming in to write some sections as well. So for anybody who doesn't know what this film is, it's not your traditional film. A suggestion of anything at all is a film that was shot literally one minute at a time over the course of an entire year. So every week, one minute of this film was shot. And then the next minute of the film was not shot until the following week, literally. And not only that, this film was being influenced by the audience. Every week, the audience was giving Seth suggestions of what they wanted to see in the movie from objects to lines to situations. And Seth would have to figure out how to incorporate whatever that suggestion was into the film. So it became a, an exercise in both filmmaking, creativity, and a lot of improvisation. Uh, so Seth, please uh, give us a little bit of history of how this film came to be. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I, never, I did not think I was cracking open this, this can of worms today. So Hey. Uh, so this movie, the initial inspiration came sitting around the table uh around christmas time right after ricky had just uh moved to la and uh it this was like when instagram was like just becoming the height of its uh like it's obviously what it is now you know but it it was just coming to the zeitgeist of of pop culture and i knew that i had to play the game uh which I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very, social media has always been hard for me. You know, I have a Facebook, I have a Twitter, but like, I'm bad at Twitter. Like I have like 12 followers on Twitter. Uh, it's just not, not my thing. You would like, I'm a word guy, which, so you think that, that Twitter would be my thing, but for some reason I just, I can't figure it out. So, um, that being said, we were all sitting around a table uh, at, at the apartment in LA, Ricky was there and I was like, has anybody, I just kind of had the thought. I was like, has anybody made a movie on Instagram? And Ricky and Sarah, do you guys remember this moment? Maybe, maybe I go continue. We were, I think we were playing cards or something. <laughs> I don't think it was magic, but we were playing cards and, uh, I was like, has anybody made a, a movie on Instagram? And you're like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think they have. I think that would be really hard to do. Yeah, at oh. that at that point in Instagram's history, you can the biggest file you could upload was a one minute long video. Like that was as big as it could go. Yeah, at that time. And I was like, yeah, I don't think anybody's done that. And both, both Ricky and Sarah were big naysayers. They were like, that's stupid. 
<laughs> They're like, you can't make a movie on Instagram. There's only a minute. You only have a minute upload. Like, how can you make a movie on Instagram? It's going to be way too hard to put it all together. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I was like, screw you guys. I'm going to do it. So I knew, I knew that I had to create. So this was also during the time. So the Me Too movement had just happened. I was doing comedy and it did not feel like at the time I should, I needed to listen for a while. You know what I mean? So uh, I was not um, in LA when I was doing comedy, you know, that was my main focus when I first got there, but I, I needed to take a break. And so I was like, I need a project. And so this is what I picked and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and I just, so I waited until January 1st and I was like, all right, I'm going to make a movie one minute at a time every week, uh, and put it all together and have a cohesive feature by the end of the year. Um, and, but I, even, even that first week, I didn't really know what I was doing. Like <laughs> that, even that first week, I had no idea that I was gonna, um, make it into something else right like like we didn't we had the instafilm project concept but a suggestion of anything at all was not like had not bubbled to the surface as as a concept does, mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah uh i feel like i'm rambling but uh so i i remember like laying on the floor at uh what is the grossest apartment on the face of the planet in Northridge, California? Uh, and, and I was like laying on the ground, and I was thinking about like what what if I wrote a movie? What what would it be? You know, like like because I didn't I didn't have any ideas. I didn't know what I was making, and I was like, what would be a cool? What would be something I want to watch? And I had, you know, spent so much time in, in Chicago studying improvisation. And I was like, what if I called it a suggestion of anything at all? Because, and then just figured out what it was as we went. Because I was like, let me take an improv let me take an improv attitude towards the production of this film and see what happens. So that first week I didn't really have, I didn't really have know exactly what I was doing, but I knew that I was going to call it a suggestion of anything at all. And I needed to like create some sort of sideways storyline or like a, a door, an opening to a storyline. So me and Ricky went to that old uh, Sarah and I's first place. Uh, I, I don't think I was living there. Was I living there at the time? I guess not. Yeah. No. It was. It was like not not officially, but you were yeah, staying there yeah. a lot. So Ricky and I went to that apartment, uh, and we just. I was like, we're gonna just gonna film me getting ready, like, like it was a regular day, right? Right. But we're gonna like set it as if I was somebody else, and. 
ask the audience in the video how to make it in Hollywood. Because what I wanted to do, I was in a weird way trying to like manifest. I was like trying to like throw it out there to the universe that, hey, I don't know how to make it, but if somebody does, maybe it'll lead me to success. You know, mm. maybe if I get the right suggestion or whatever, I'll be able to make it. And, uh, and I don't even think we had like come up with that, uh, the concept of getting the suggestions from the audience until after we filmed that video. Right. Uh, well, so yeah, that very, very first segment, that first minute didn't have a suggestion because obviously nobody, you know, nobody yeah. knew we were doing it. Yeah. Um, but by the second week we did have suggestions, and but so I, did... I would say, right. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't come, I, I came, so I came up with the idea of calling a suggestion of anything at all. On the day. Right? On the day. And then I was like, wait, what if we actually took suggestions after we, after we filmed that first video? And so I was like, okay, that's what we're going to do. And that, and that's going to lead down what the storyline of this movie is going to be. And uh, yeah, so that's how we started. And then. After that, we started taking suggestions via Facebook or anywhere we could get them. Uh, and then we would pick a, hat, a, a random suggestion out of the hat. That suggestion would be the suggestion we used for the week, and it had to be included in the 60 seconds. Uh, and then Ricky and I would do a podcast. It's like the, 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 our, our baby's first podcast. Yeah. Uh, uh, on that week's um, movie, and I need to go back and listen to those. I, I the have crow, the Crowcast, yeah, yeah. yeah, the original Crowcast, the original Crowcast, yeah. So that's yeah. the the history of how this film came to be. It started off uh, the winter of 2017 is when the idea was was born, and then over the course of 2018, the film was shot and. With many collaborators, many, many contributors to the movie. And then yes. premiered uh, around New Year's Eve yeah. On, yeah. in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at, at Alcove. At Alcove, yeah. We My had an old a restaurant. Sold out house. Pretty packed. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, was a pretty that? cool what, day. I was going to say, what was, that, what, was that, what was that moment like for you? To have uh, a bunch of people that you know, some people that you you know, that you really respect as artists and it, other creatives. It felt like I was actually, it felt like I was actually, I actually did something, you know? Um, even though I know it was like very, very small and, and, you know, close to home being at the restaurant and everything, but it was like really weird to have 50 people watch my movie all at the same time. And then, and then like have reactions to it, mm. you know? It, it it was strange. It was surreal, even. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have such mixed. I have a lot of feelings about this movie. It's it's complicated. It's like means a lot that we're talking about it, but it's also like it's hard to. It's almost hard to talk about it. In mm -hmm. all honesty, well, it's, it's one of the most personal things that you could ever talk about is a film that you made that you yeah. spent a year making you know yeah yeah um a lot of 
not but just like not even just like a year making the movie like like sure like shot it's only one minute of footage every week right so like people might i think on the surface that that sounds easy to do like just to shoot a minute of footage every every week yeah i i will say as somebody who was along for the ride for much of the movie from again doing the podcast with seth what we're actually talking about you know the production process of making that minute from the last week and then also selecting the the suggestion for the next week and kind of talking about how it relates to you know other things throughout our lives and things like that um and then helping with the actual shooting of all the all the stuff um, and all the conversations that went into that um it was it occupied a lot of seth's mind a lot of his heart a lot of his time and i'll i'm gonna admit like seth you really really like went for a lot of stuff yeah you took a lot of risks you you were i think very ambitious with a lot of things especially because we were shooting it on an iphone yeah you know and like you can tell early on in the movie that like the iphone that you had was not the best right Uh, like it wasn't like the most recent most best iphone at that time and i think you got a new phone halfway through and you could see the difference yeah yeah that the footage has so it's 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 really funny like to watch it evolve like halfway through and stuff like that and then sarah obviously was around for a, a lot of the early stuff and then obviously even more so for the later stuff and then dane got in, involved later on as well um i don't think i honestly don't think dane and i would be as close friends as we are i don't think dane would actually like me necessarily if i had not <laughs> done this movie uh <laughs> Dane, is there any validity to that sentence? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, oh, God. the story, as I tell it, uh, you know, when I first met Seth, uh, you know, he, he's a lot, and that's fine. You know, I know a lot of people that are a lot. I'm a lot <laughs> in the right context, you know, or in certain context. But Seth, is uh he he likes action he likes be present uh like acting that people and himself and other people um and me personally I don't have time for that um <laughs> like like literally it's not a personal thing it's just I don't have time like if if I'm working you know i haven't had to work at a restaurant thankfully in three years but at that time it's like i'm just doing what they paid me to do that i can fund time and everybody you know all of my friends that, that are close to me, um i only see them because they do what i and I, I don't go out like hang out and, sit. and um so the only time i would see seth was you know when we work you might be like, well, let me tell you about my comedic influences. I'm like, I who asked? I don't care. <laughs> like, let me do this real fast. I'll talk to you later. Um, but then, uh, <laughs> but then one day he was like, you know, so I have this idea, and it's called. On, if you start talking art to me, then I'm then I'll listen. I don't really say too much, but I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah do it, do it. That's basically what I would always say. Like, to me like 
and that's pretty much how I am now. And um, even though you were very close friends, and uh, yeah, I guess he started. He's telling me like I'm doing it, and here's this week, and here's this week, and I would see footage, and I still didn't really understand what it was exactly. But I was like, great, you know, keep going, and and true art and an artist always a uh, move. Um, and so got down to like week 49 or 50 or 51, I'm not sure. And he's like, so I want you to be this part and, and, uh, what I want to do and help me do it. And so it was like, uh, immediate. Yes. You know, like, wow, you made it this far. I don't care. I'm like, I'm there to help. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm always there for art and, and, and people and real art journey. Um, and not that he had anything to prove to me, but I will give my time always art and art. Um, so it wasn't about like proving anything. Like, oh yeah, you really are. I, I see it. Um, and so I was really happy to help him out part of it. And uh, and then I guess that kind of opened the floodgate. Uh, uh, and I still get on him for like you know yeah everything yeah. like. Yeah, too. I've toned it back a little bit, <laughs> but uh, you know that's, that's still that's still my um, the world. The world did end between now and then, so <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I was really happy to be a part of it. I remember watching the whole thing and just being utterly and amazed with uh, with the genuine art that was behind it. And I do remember going to him, telling him how much I loved Last Shot, but it represented uh, this uh, almost modernum sacrifice of giving everything to have such thankless, uh, churning, full health spawn of a machine industry that, that we did. Um, but it's something that um, and I actually, yeah, I just love that last shot. I forgot how you told me how you did it, but it was like balloon in the air, and then it was like reverse, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. it goes right on the on the paper. And it's, I think it's one of the most unsung shot in the film. Honestly, like nobody really knows how, like because mo- like in now people use drones, right? I was just gonna so, say this was before the popularity of drones. Yeah, the drones were around, but they were kind of prohibitively expensive. And, and like, not like everybody had drones at that point. So like, yeah, it's a so, little, it's tricky. What I did uh, was Sarah and I, this was like a really cool day. I remember this day very well. Me too. Uh, I'm going to cry thinking about it. Ah, dang it. Uh, so, Got him again. Uh, so um, Sarah and I went and bought 50 something, like 53 helium balloons at the dollar store we put them in my car and then we tied myself we made like a a, a cradle out out of like out of like duct tape or something string and and cradled the phone and floated the phone up in the air with on these <laughs> balloons and, and had a, a, a string tied to it so it wouldn't like you know float away with his phone, phone. 
Although that would have been amazing footage. Just to yes. <laughs> yeah, it would. If we, yeah. you know, if we could find it, but <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm my iPhone, no problem. So now the the last shot or whatever just looks like a drone shot, you know. But but I, like I know that I know the like amount of like holy shit effort slash like I'm not gonna say danger, but it was a risky it was a risky move it was risky it yeah was you, risky. Risked, you risked an expensive piece of yeah. property yeah yeah, yeah, yeah a new piece of property that you had just gotten not too long before that i think it looked better than than uh drone footage would because it's that idea of something versus nothing in that uh you know nothing is the corporate you know starbucks McDonald's. There it's seen something is mom and pop. Something is the this donut tastes different today than yesterday because we make a fresh batch uh from our own not a, a book that all these franchises have. And so there's something about like, yeah, you know, there are so many rich kids um born into a situation where it's like, Hey dad, can you get me this camera? Hey dad, can you get me this? And you know that's that's great. You know if you have an opportunity in a situation like that, fantastic. Be aware, be present, utilize. It. Fantastic. But if you're not, then you have to be creative. Um, and that creativity spawns detail. Detail spawns texture. And so when you're looking at that camera and it's hurt, as you know, you're reversing. And it's shaky and it's like, but it's not. It's still zoning in. Like you have to be so uh, the amount of dexterity that comes with that. People don't realize that, but it, but it's felt. Um, I, I would argue it's felt. Imagine you just had a drone and it was just like, like all that Instagram footage. But no, this is like you are filming a piece of paper, letting it float up and the camera on the paper while you're slowly releasing like that is and then <laughs> you have to reverse it so in my mind that is always different you know just imagine let's say like the first stop imagine sam raimi had uh 20 million dollars first sam raimi would not be sam raimi in my um there's no way, you know, or Evil Dead too. He had you know, a fifteen dollar budget and do whatever he wants. Then he wouldn't have who he is. Um, it was the the absence of that the artist truly in the fun. I, 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 I limitations are what spark creativity. And it put me in the cinematographer role, which was great. Yeah. Hey. That was usually a role for me. I'm giving all this praise to the wrong person. Good job, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, Sarah. Speaking of Sarah, speaking of which, Seth kind of called us out a little bit, said that we called him stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid, Renee. I stand You're by so what stupid. I said. <laughs> stupid, Renee. You're so stupid. So stupid. Uh, so I guess so if we're like sticking somewhat to this we're podcast not. structure. <laughs> uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Sarah a question. Okay. 
Oh, that's Sarah. Sarah. So yeah, Seth called us out. Said we thought he was stupid. What What do you remember about that moment? And then, like, as the process evolved, what What were you kind of going through and feeling at that time as you kind of watched this thing kind of unfold? And unfold? I feel so bad for her. I felt bad. I felt so bad for her this whole year. Go ahead. Well, I remember that moment. Um, it was definitely like we were skeptical. We were I was, like, yeah, I don't remember calling him stupid. <laughs> I think we we Seth, you're Sarah such a moron. Play, you can't do yeah. this. <laughs> Sarah and I play moron. a similar role in Seth's life sometimes where he'll have a really ambitious idea and we're like, okay, that's ambitious. Like, really think about how you can accomplish that and that, that it might not be so easy. Yeah, we were the voice <laughs> uh, of reason because we were, we're like, they, they ground me. Yeah, that's a little out there. So let's let's kind of. But I do often call him stupid. (laughs) (laughs) They ground me. You guys ground me. You guys make keep me in check. Make sure I don't. You know. So from from calling him a moron to to as the year was progressing, what were you seeing and what was going on? Well, I was there for the whole thing. I wasn't involved every week, like. Usually it was Ricky kind of helping out and co-directing and cinematographering. <laughs> yeah, I was really good at it to start. Let me tell you, I got my finger in some shots. I got, <laughs> uh, there was one shot where literally I'm not even supposed to be there, but my literally like my whole right side is in the shot. So like, <laughs> let me tell you, I was real good at it <laughs> at the beginning. I got better. Well, I just had to stand in. It's a hard role. I had to, the only time I had to do it was towards the end because Ricky, I think, was out of town. And that's when Mm -hmm. I had to step up and be the cinematographer for those last few minutes, I guess. Um, Yeah. It's weird that like six, six weeks, which is like a long time, or even eight weeks of two months, that's only eight minutes of the movie. So, like, it's actually like, it doesn't seem like a lot, but. It is. Yeah, and it took a while, and we had to like keep the continuity in some things, like especially that final scene with Dane. Uh, we had to figure out like the continuity and how to make it work. And uh, but anyway, seeing it week by week, like I was there the whole time, and I was involved in it some weeks, a little less involved other weeks. It was definitely very all-consuming for Seth in many ways and I mean and exciting and I was skeptical a lot of the time like there were times when I was like well this doesn't quite line up or make that much sense like how are you going to make this work and he's like I'll figure it out like it'll work and eventually you know you know what I heard (laughs) you know what I heard someone say once that continuity is just an illusion created by Hollywood to make our lives make sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole film opens up with that line. Yeah. yeah. And that is a good line. Cause it started off as like this Ferris bueller type like vibe. Mm. And it really like moves on from there and grows and becomes very much like much more experimental to where he's eating like hot tamales in Olvera Street in LA and they turn out to be hallucinogenic and I mean those come back and there's so much fun like what I love about this personally is like there's so much like 
improv in this film. And like as someone who studied improv back in Chicago myself, uh, I love that. I love like just seeing those callbacks, seeing those little things, like the, it's the details that make this so special. And like, I, I know this movie is probably not for everybody. And it's like, would be hard to understand if you're not part, you weren't a part of it or you like don't know any of the background, but I think it's just pretty good actually. And like, maybe it's just kind of Stockholm syndrome that's speaking, (laughs) but it's also like, it is experimental. It is out there. It is wacky but it comes together in a way that actually makes sense. And I was very surprised by that because Mm. I had no idea that that could even work at the beginning, unless you like planned it out ahead of time, which is kind of what I imagined was going to happen, that he would just kind of write out the script 50 minutes and then shoot it week by week. But no, he wrote it and directed and helped and, and, came up with it as it came as the suggestions came which made it even more special and like crazy and he had guest directors who kind of made their choices like i i literally tried to make it as hard as possible for me to do this like i don't know why but i guess uh, like it was like I, i didn't want it to work like i was literally setting myself up for as much like as many obstacles as possible, which was, I don't, I guess, I don't know. I, well, it, it, it's, it's weird. Your credit, Seth, this is something that ever since I've known you, this is something that you've always done. You, you like to push pre at the boundaries and limitations of preconceptions and institutions in that if someone says this is the way you, you have to do something, you are the first person to step up and go, why? Why yeah. can't it be done a different way, right? You you're, you're yeah. always have done that. And sometimes to your own detriment, where I've yeah. seen you become destructive in that way, you, where you want to tear something down because you just don't understand why someone is instituting it in the first place. Yeah. And so this is just something that you do where someone's like, this is how you make a movie. And you look at them and you say, why? And someone's like, well, this is how you make a movie. And you're like, why? But why? And no one will, there is no answer of like, that's why you make a movie. And so you came in and you were like, I'm going to make a movie this way where I'm going to shoot it one minute at a time. I'm going to get suggestions from an audience and I'm going to bring in guest directors and guest artists to write and direct guest musicians to put in their music to not only just make it yours, to make it everybody's who was involved. You know, it's, even though like this isn't I, I this isn't my movie, I do feel a a sense it's, of ownership of it. It's like I would say it's like forty percent your movie. You know, you were you, you were there, generous. you were there the whole time. You know, other than the last few weeks, and like you had a major major say on a lot of things. You know, a lot of the artistic stuff. So there's no. There's no denying that it's at least it's mo- it's you're, you're, it's a lot of your movie, Ricky. It's a lot. I appreciate that. I think that's very generous. Um, um, but yeah, this was such a for me. This was such a practice and yes, ending, right? Yeah. This this was my so this was my 
improv thesis, essentially. Like I studied improvisation for five years in Chicago and I'm not, I didn't really get anything out of it other than like philosophy, essentially. And I, I always kind of, I always kind of said I wanted to do some sort of thesis and I just decided that this was it, you know? And, um, that line in the movie, uh, that you just quoted, uh, how, how continuity is made up by Hollywood, you know, to make your life make sense. Um, it's kind of like, I, 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 it's, I know it sounds really weird and abstract, but like your life isn't linear. You just, you know, like your, your life actually is not linear. You can find, you can find the linear in your life. Like you can put thoughts together, but really the only thing that's your life is, is right now, right? Like there's no future, there's no past. So, so really all that there is, is what's happening in this moment. So continuity like these storytelling devices we use like it it's just a comfort you know like you can't you can't actually know that the next moment is coming you know you just have to hope it is and you can get ahead of uh like I, you know a lot of my anxiety comes from thinking ahead you know like uh, and, and honestly, like I get, it, it's not healthy. Like I have had a great, my, today's my birthday, had a party last night, but I got ahead of myself because I was thinking ahead and I guessed most of it. Like the, the, what I'm saying is, is like the, it would have been better to be surprised, you know, as opposed mm -hmm. to think ahead. The experience and, uh, of being surprised yeah. would have been better than, than the, the realization. Yeah. And so that move, that, that quote is a whole lot to digest and it has to be explained but i think the movie itself is trying to explain it right like like it's if we were to talk about the plot of this film uh it's what what, what would how, what would okay ricky what's i'm going to what is it what is it <laughs> so <laughs> i was just gonna get into it if you want me to hop into yeah, yeah, what is it, it. what do is it. this film if i was gonna summarize this film what is it this film is about it's about adam poe a struggling actor who is in search of some infamous hollywood artifact that is meant to bring success but in the pursuit of this artifact he, t he starts to blend universes together, including our own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. all that there needs to be, like, anything else that's like, what's this and what's that? And, like, why is there a commercial break in the middle? Why are there yeah. channel changes in the middle? It's because this film is almost like an everything, everywhere, all at once type of thing where it's like, it, it occupies all universes all at once and they overlap on each other and one can take precedence and dominance over the other at any point. And we kind of said that when we were doing the everything everywhere all at once podcast, like mm -hmm. a lot of the themes are very similar. What's wild to me is like, I, I got, 
angry watching everything everywhere all at once when there was the rock scene mm-hmm. uh because there's essentially that in the the name game one right yeah the name game uh and also uh the other thing was the fake credits mm-hmm. like like i freaking did that first man like i i was like 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 when they played those fake credits and everything all everywhere all at once i was like ah like i I just it just it it enraged me because i was like this is this is my movie this and the theme is literally the same i mean it's it's uh the theme is you can't know you can't know if any of this is happening you know so either you have to accept the fact that the fact that anything is happening proves that there's potential for everything to happen or you have to succumb to nihilism and whether or not you know adam poe or seth crow does at the end of the movie is up for interpretation you know um it's a it's a kind of a Schrodinger's cat situation, um, you know. It is and is not happening, and I think that's what the movie's trying to say too. As a film, is that it is and is not a film at the exact same time. You know, it's not until it's up to your interpretation as to whether or not it's a movie, um, because it's it does have all the things a movie has. But at the same time, there's something that feels like a little in behind the blind spot. I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's almost ASMR-y. I don't know how to explain that. But like, watching this back, watching it back is is like, it's like things are happening, but it's it's kind of like, it's not. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's it is happening. It's not happening. It kind of sets a tone. It's very like. It's like you could watch it in the background, you know, and then engage sometimes and then something funny might happen, but then it keeps going. And it's, it's like, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but. Uh, no, you're, it, that's the thing though. It doesn't have to always make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to always make sense to mean something. It doesn't always have to make sense to, to touch somebody and to, to make people feel right. Like. Logic, while a useful tool, is not everything, right? Right. Yeah, it's about the it's about the experiential, literally, the experience of watching this movie, as opposed to the story. Like that, that was the point, um, and it's the experience itself trying to justify itself, mm-hmm. essentially, and Absolutely. um, I guess what I mean. To, to like cheat a little bit here because we did what like there's a line from the big chill that actually really hit me um sure bring it and i think and i think and I, and I think it's it's relevant to what we're talking about here is is sometimes you just have to let the art wash over you you know like sometimes you're not meant to analyze it sometimes you're just supposed to like experience it and um I think that's the way this movie is supposed to, because truthfully, if you analyze this movie, you go down a rabbit hole. There's a lot going on, but 
you you have to like care mm-hmm. to find it you know and and so. and there's not only that like it like contradicts itself sometimes it's very it's a well we're gonna get into the actual discussion of like what we all feel it's about what we all get from this movie um but i think like you're saying if someone's gonna analyze this movie it could be frustrating because there are moments where it's like this feels like a con like thematically sometimes like this feels like a contradicts that thought and that thought but i think the reason why that happens is because it's so human in that way in that we are rocking contradictions, right? One yeah. week we feel one way, one week we feel another way. And that changes our perspective on life. And it's always like a very brief transition in between all these states of feeling. And so yeah. sometimes the film backtracks on itself, not not narratively, but emotionally sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I think that's so human of it though, is that it's like, sometimes it's here and then sometimes it's there and then sometimes it backs up and then sometimes it goes forward and emotionally and narratively um but seth this is your movie so why don't you go ahead and ask the question you ask whoever you want to ask first all right sarah a suggestion of anything at all what's it about what's it about uh well Why did I have to go first? The poop emoji. <laughs> um, I mean, it's about trying to make sense of things, trying to make sense of the world and trying to make sense of the industry, I guess. I think that's, maybe that's what it's about. Um, to me, at least. And finding finding answers to all those questions that you have about like, okay, how does this work? Or like, I mean, obviously it relates to the Hollywood industry uh, with the golden notes and, and uh, Felix's ice furo. <laughs> Felix's furo. Yeah. But it, it it's kind of like a, a metaphor, I guess, for the Hollywood industry and like, which can also, I think, relate to other industries and to other things. And so, like, making sense of how those things work and, like, the um, bureaucracy that's involved in things, the protocols and stuff. So, like, trying to figure out, like, and I guess in a way you you, you find a way to, like, metaphorize it. I'm I'm making up words today, but... Shakespeare did it. <laughs> um, yeah. So you find a way to make it into a metaphor and make it into this unique thing. And like, and ultimately it, it ends with the God of chaos because everything's chaotic. And it's just like, you have to find that chaos to make sense of things sometimes. Okay. Or maybe not find it, but embrace it. Embrace the chaos. <laughs> How does this feel, Seth, having people and like it's weird, man. Explore your film. It's it's weird because it's like I know that nobody knows what it's about. You know, like like it's really hard for people to like answer that question about this. I think uh, because it it 
it's about i mean it's about what's it about you know like like it's a movie that is trying to explore the crap we don't know you know like it's trying to dive into the unknown looking for an answer and it's up to you and your interpretation as to whether or not you found one you know and that's how that's how i came out on the other side of it is is and and like even to, like i kind of feel like I, I i have a lot of like uh i feel weird just talking about this movie because i myself don't know if i validate it i find it valid as art half the time you know like i think it i learned a lot i think that it was a a feat that i did it you know uh, i think there's some cool stuff in it but whether or not i succeeded in my eyes is difficult uh a difficult question to answer and but i do think the more time i get between it the more i do understand that 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 itself that concept of it's a film that's meant to explore whether or not there's anything is the actual piece itself and uh which is really hard to like it's very meta it's like really hard to talk about in a concise way you know mm -hmm. uh so so dane uh, what do you think it's about? <laughs> well, you know, I'll try to be as succinct as possible, but I want to backtrack back, back what you just said about okay. in terms of uh, reflecting on what you have done and whether or not you can validate it uh, uh, as being a success. But I think you're defining the journey of every artist that there ever was is and will be um so in that regard are not standing out at all are an artist and that is what art um i i think it'd be very hard for you to find uh, a director an actor a writer that i would not change anything um, especially when you're helming film um directing is one of the hardest um especially if you're uh, really, really lifting, um, and not being put and and creating. You're a filmmaker, uh, you know. Technically, you you made this film, so yeah. There's always going to be things that you'd like to change. I had this money, or what if I could have done this, or not that did I think about it? And that's what comes with age. You know, you're nine years old, fifteen years old, and like, dang, like, man, if I knew then what I knew now, man, I'd be killing it. Like, yeah. That's that's life. So, you know, don't beat yourself up, but also know that uh, as an artist, you're right with yourself. That skin in the game. Um, and it's heartbreaking. Uh, and, let's and as an artist, we are more in tune to transmute pain, transmute uh, elation, and certain emotions that most simply have to uh, see or accept. Um, or they seek out artistic transportation that we create in, in, help, uh, in order to help them process um, artistry is a very, very delicate type of intelligence that does not get its due uh, or to be superficial. 
However, um, that doesn't negate true artistry in the world. And, you know, it doesn't matter. There are billionaires, um, some that don't, but art, art is important and far and hard. Uh, um, the film itself, you know, I think we can break it down. This is what it always meant to me. A suggestion uh, could be thought of as an offering. And an offering could be thought of as so there is dual experimental meditation on what is happening right now uh, in the moment um, and what is happening with every passing side today. So, you know, a suggestion of anything at all is at once directed towards the audience and at once directed towards its main character. But if you think of it right now, you're taking your own suggestion. I'm taking my own. What do I want to say? What do I want to do? How do I want to react? And then if I imagine somebody's watching while, while do, whilst doing that, and then they're watching me as if this film, um, but I'm in my own life fighting that regimen, fighting that, uh, that hole that says, no, you're supposed to go in this way because I'm watching you. So now you have a dual meditation on what it actually be. And really, this is just the inner working of your mind. And that's it. So people are getting a sneak peek to the wild, crazy combination of Sestro's mind. That's what the film is about. Uh, but you can take it however you want. Uh, ergo, a suggestion of anything at all. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. So Seth, what Dane's saying is, you're not special. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Guys. We all have imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I, I I agree. Uh, that so so like there's a little lag. There's yeah. a little lag. Yeah. Um, we got we got your audio. Your your video is a little a, a little flaggy mm-hmm. um i the imposter syndrome yes uh like i feel like an imposter talking about this now you know uh like it, it it's it's uh i'm like man uh, we've been going we've been talking about my fucking movie for an hour like i'm just like oh my gosh can we come please shoot me oh <laughs> great <laughs> But I gotta go. I got. I gotta go. Go ask Ricky. I gotta ask Ricky. Ricky, okay. what do you what do you think it's about? So I think you'll 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 be. I think you'll you'll at least be happy with with this, because if I look at this film narratively, I get one, I get one theme, well, not one theme, but I get I'm getting something out of it if I watch this film narratively. But because I was so involved in the making of this movie. I also have a very meta uh, what's it about for me type of interpretation. Yeah. Um, narratively, if I just watch this movie as a movie, as like an audience member who wasn't involved in making it, as most people will watch this movie, for me, it's about answers. 
and where where we feel lost in this world most of the time, and we are looking for, we are asking the universe, we are asking our friends, we are asking God or whoever to just give us an answer to something, to something. And we'll ask anything and everyone from anywhere for the answer. And it's about that pursuit of the answer. And that could be for anybody doing anything. It is just life. We just don't know what's our purpose and what should we be doing? What's the right – for me, this comes very personal in my, my constant belief that there's a right way to do things. Yeah. This movie, Adam Poe has that same belief. Is there a correct sequence in which I follow to give me everything I've ever wanted? Um, and that is so hard to watch Adam struggle in that way and suffer in the pursuit of the right moves, doing the right moves, because it's so easy from the outside perspective to say there are no right moves. Everybody has different moves and the move that works for one person is not going to work for another person. And so it's tough to see Adam struggle. It's tough to see Seth struggle in the movie. And, and things just crash, literally crash down around them as things collide. Yeah. And all they're trying to do is just understand, understand themselves, understand the world, anything. And so that feeling of just feeling lost and even at the end of the movie, like you're saying, there's an ambiguity of who's won, right? Did... Adam Poe, the the god of chaos infused conduit, did he win? Did Seth Crow, the unsuspecting person from the real world that was pulled into this narrative, did he win? And is there a win, right? And so, and on the last suggestion is exhausted, right? Yeah, yeah. And that feeling of exhaustion of the pursuit is exhausting because yeah. it's never ending. Yeah. We're still You're doing gonna... it. I'm still doing it. <laughs> and, and, and even if people like even people that find success, I mean, this is why we know about so many celebrities and people who of success who still struggle to really understand what they're doing. And people think they found exactly what they have always been looking for. And yet they're still asking those questions and not getting answers. So for me, questions and answers is, is what the narrative is about. However, speaking meta about it, like you said, Seth, I moved to LA about a year after you in December of 2017. So I was in LA maybe two weeks when you had this idea and asked me to help you and then spent the next year of L in being in LA, you know, doing various other things and working, but mostly every week meeting you several times a week to work on this thing. Yeah. And so for me, so much of my LA learning experience, so much of my introduction to the city was in this film. Like, my first time downtown was when we shot that chase scene. 
Oh, wow. That's my first time ever going downtown. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. My, a lot, my first time uh, at Griffith Park was when we were shooting some of this stuff. You know? My, my first time out in the USC campus. Like, so much of this, this L.A., of LA I know now of like people are like whenever I talk to my siblings or my parents uh, about like LA and like knowing different things, a lot of it I learned while making this movie. So happy. So yeah, I, I figured it So this movie for me is like, when I watch it, I think about so many of my first time experiences uh, in LA and how thankful i am that i helped you make this movie because i got a chance to to experience the city in the way that not a lot of people do in creating art within it and seeing it seeing the beauty in it especially seeing the beauty in it through through your eyes having been here a year but also seeing the pain that this city can cause too um and so when i was watching it again preparing for this episode it it was just like a rush of memories, right? Of the wonderful process of making it and the um the struggles and the the many conversations um that we had to to create it. Um and so it's it's very special to me in that way. And like you said, it may not be the best, most coherent movie, but for me, it's it's a series of firsts. It's a series of experiences that I never would have had otherwise. Uh, it's a, it was growth. It was feel, becoming feeling at home in this city for the first time. Um, so it's I'm, I'm I'm getting emotional right now because the way you're describing how you're watching the movie. What I what I'm what I want, what I hear, and like, I, I don't know why I have to do this, but I, I, I do. It's like the core of the film. Uh, you know when, you know when it, it we death was the suggestion, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, death was a suggestion, and, and this the crow, mm. and uh, it's like a it's like a what's the Italian Sarah? You know the Italian director. It's meant to be like a uh, Polini? Uh, Polini? Yeah, a Polini film, and and it's basically your life. It's my it's my life, fla- like flashing before my eyes essentially so hearing you talk this way about the movie is what i'm trying to say about life essentially essentially is like it it, it, it was was there meaning but but i have all these memories and it's there but it doesn't make much sense the experience of this film is like I'm trying to. Uh, that's what I was trying to do, and the way you, you're talking about watching it now is how I feel about my life. Does that does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
And so like, I'm emotional because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about like those times, but specifically like at the core, you know, of watching myself, watch myself live my life. And, uh, and I just, you know, <laughs> I want life to matter. I want it to be special. And, uh, and so it makes me feel special. That it makes you feel special. <laughs> I'm just so glad we're all so special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it. Oh. Oh, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, yeah, man. It's, it, it's very important. The, the film's very important to me. And even to this day, it's some of my favorite Hollywood stories to, to share with people. Um, talking about like things like like shooting shooting in the subway, uh, where you're yeah. jumping turnstiles and and we're running around downtown and you're leaping from from like little like islands to islands. Dude, that um, chase scene's solid. It's funny. I, one of my favorite moments in it's that movie. Funny. I love the self checkout. A good one. <laughs> in yeah. slow mo. I love it. Reflection. Yeah, like, man. There's and, good bits. You know, there's good bits. Uh, I think about, and and what's so weird is I'm I remember I'm watching it and I'm remembering shooting a lot of this stuff and how the word I mean the only word I can think of is like serendipitous. So many of these shots are in like, for example, the paper floating down from the we literally were just at a parking garage downtown and you dropped the paper off the top of the roof of the parking garage and I'm like a couple of levels down, and the paper just drifts down. And I catch it. And then we do the same thing from down on the street level where you just kind of throw it up in the air and it floats and it lands perfectly face up. Well, and, and it opens. opens. <laughs> and then opens <laughs> so beautifully. And, and then you can see so clearly what's written on. And like things like that happened all the time while making this movie. Like yeah, that old I'm... lady, that lady running in the subway is one of my favorite cameos. She, she is like the star. Speaking of, of cameos, movie. we have another star of this movie here today. Hey! <laughs> the poop the emoji. emoji plushie. <laughs> He's here. I don't know how we got him in studio. Nice. <laughs> but he made it. Oh, I feel so blessed to have him back to see yes. him again. No one called the number, so I guess I just got to keep him. <laughs> He's still hanging out. Uh, but yeah, man, like. We and and like during the podcast, I remember this would happen a lot, where we would pull these suggestions, and like you said, the the just weird coincidences of like some you would pull a suggestion that would like be so apropos and relevant to currently what was going on in your life, or even what was going on in the movie. It's like how serendipitous, how fortuitous, how crazy is it that things line up like that sometimes. My genuine belief, you know, and this is like, this is like the positive interpretation that I take is that I think this film is literally grace being proven in action, mm. right? Like grace, there's so much grace in this film for how bad of a movie it is, you know, like it's, there's so much like little things that like, was that planned? But it wasn't planned, you know? So to me, I think that's really cool. And like what I really wanted was 
to prove that with enough faith, it it will it will prove itself. You know, and and I would like actually to issue you an an apology um, because during the process of making this movie, you would share things like like that thought and things like that on the podcast or while we were talking about this movie. And I have a tendency to really downplay that type of expression. Um, uh, especially like very flowery, very spiritual type of type of stuff. It's more of an insecurity on my end about not feeling a lot of fit, a lot of faith in in the universe as far as like i mean we've talked about this before i don't feel like i'm a very lucky person i i've lived a very blessed life i have a very fortunate life i have a great family i've I've never wanted for for much of anything so like i'm very blessed and i don't i acknowledge that but when it comes to the chips falling your way i've never felt like the universe has has leaned my way very often um and so when it comes to this spirituality and faith and grace kind of conversations i tend to downplay them i tend to turn away from them due to being jaded and being insecure about that stuff and so during the process of making this film i feel like like you said i grounded you a lot but really it was just because i was afraid to allow that thought to really affect me but going back and watching this movie now, like you said, it so many beautiful coincidences happened while making this movie. Yeah. So many. And like like that earthquake scene is one of the coolest things like that we did so it was so easy. We it was so easy and we made it look awesome. Like it looked like the world was ending. In uh, in LA, you know, and so I just uh, you don't need to apologize. It's a it's a very it's a very difficult, not even difficult. Just it's not logical. Mm -hmm. So it's it's hard to submit to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well. I like to say something too, like, like Ricky was saying, yeah, we, we do ground you. I, I am, I'm one of the people that grounds you too. But <laughs> I think it's important to mention that you, Seth, like, I guess you lift us up into possibility. Like you, you show us what's out there and what could be like your brain just has crazy thoughts and a crazy imagination that just like goes beyond what anybody could imagine. So I'm, I admire that. And I think it's special what you have. And like, yes, sometimes it needs to be reined in a little bit, but like, I think it's great that you are you and you let yourself be you and you, you're unapologetic mostly sometimes you are a little apologetic but you you go for it and uh this movie is a huge reflection of that you really went for it and like you can you made it work you found a way with like the balloons and 
everything just I mean I could name a million things it's just it's just ridiculous even when we were visiting in Knoxville for a week you found a way to tie Chuck into the light like a in-person performance like everything just kind of tied in together and just it, it felt very special those weeks were the most exhausting like the weeks that we had to go somewhere, you know, and I had like, it was, yeah. I to say, uh, although yeah. Oh, the San Diego Zoo one was super fun. I was just saying that one looked really cool. Um, and I do want to commend you on your filmmaking because your directing and your writing and your editing improves throughout the movie. Like you can see it. You can see your editing skills and your, and like your like quick, like writing stuff got better as time went on like you really can see it um you definitely improved as an artist throughout the process um but speaking of which i want to ask everybody dane dane has something to say oh yeah i I was just wondering can can you guys hear me oh no dane we can't hear you come and join someone yeah (laughs) why don't you come sit sit by me dane Hey, there we go. Hey, hey. I had to break the narrative. Yeah. I was going to say, um, oh, thank you. there we go. Okay. So for the record, you came to me with the idea and I said, do it. <laughs> so there was never any uh, disbelief. Um, I only just said, just do it, motherfucker. Um, and you did it. So awesome. Awesome. But I also wanted to say, you know, a bad experience, because I heard you say, even though it's a bad movie and I, and I, and I, I want to disagree with that. I want to vehemently disagree with that. Not because I'm a friend, but because I have very staunch beliefs in terms of what bad art is versus what good art is. Thanks. Killing is a bad movie. Uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation is a bad movie. And these are, um, you know, contrived ideas at, 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 and attempts at narrative. Um, I don't think anybody would disagree with me on, on that front. Part of what makes it bad, uh, well, Things Killing is just is, is pretty bad, uh, but Mortal Kombat Annihilation, part of what makes it bad is that there, the soul is kind of lacking. There's a, a, this a attempt to cash in. So when I watch a suggestion of anything at all, I don't feel that. I feel pure artistic expression. And so when you're viewing or experiencing uh, certain types of expression, you have to frame it correctly. Um, And there are certain categories for that. So yes, if I'm going to put you in the same field uh, as Terminator 2, then there are many reasons why a suggestion of anything at all can't balance out with that. However, if I'm watching for true artistic expression and I want to feel something, um, I remember every ex- experience that I have um, and how I felt when something truly made me feel something. Uh, and that's the experience that I had when I watched a suggestion of anything at all. Uh, for the first time, I truly felt something, and I truly feel something when I recall it. And in that regard, you succeed. Uh, and even if you only succeed for one person, that is a, a, is a success. 
um, adamant, and it's an adamant success, you know. So you did that, and uh, now you have to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so that you can uh, continue to 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 put your 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 heart and your successes out there, because here it is. We're you know what three or four years later, and we're talking about it. That's the life of an artist. You never know. Um, so create something else. Keep going. I'll be here to say, do it. Uh, and you know, Ricky and Sarah will be there to 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 be supportive and and and. Yeah, uh, we'll call them stupid again because that seems to be what motivates me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I just wanted wanted to say that, and I, I think just because we're all sharing the same Wi-Fi, my uh, my little Chromebook. Like, oh no worries dane we're just glad to have you and yeah. we're glad you're you're hopping in here in whatever way you can um <laughs> i do want to ask as we're kind of getting towards the end here that i do want to know like what is everybody's like favorite like if you could pick one or two moments in the film that like you really stuck out to you, either because they were you really liked them because they're funny or enjoyable or like that was like a surprising piece of filmmaking or emotionally what's that sticks out to you um, I'll go first. I mean, yeah, it was exactly what I talked about before. The the ending, the ending, and the last shot, and seeing uh, uh, the paper um, balloons, how how they how they shot it, being set on the ground, all of that to me really resonated. It's one of my most uh, favorite favorite artistic moments I've ever seen in my life, and you know. There are moments like that, like that, with everything that you experience. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, obviously a master, um, his opinion about film, uh, and I agree with it as well, is you know even in the worst movie, there's something cool about it. Um, and I know film snobs and self-professed film snobs. I wouldn't call them snobs, but this is what they would call themselves. And um, who only have time for the elite and the good and uh, and the masters. And I have time for art, um, good or bad, wh- whatever it is. Okay, Quentin Tarantino says you can give me the worst movie, and I'll find something in it that's cool. I like the shoes that the villain was wearing. I like this moment how the 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 best friend said this, or I like the the, the sunglasses on the dashboard, um, and you know, I think every film has that. And for this, that is something that I'll always remember. I'll always remember that shot and talking to you. How did you do it? And uh, that's really cool. So that's it for me. Awesome. What about you, Sarah? One or, one or two moments that stick out to you? I mean, the most emotionally, like, effective moment that I would say for, from this movie is seeing Carol Otero come to life. And <laughs> I was emotional about it too. <laughs> I no, but seriously, I love that moment. I, I, that moment lives in my brain forever. Just Carol! fun houses. <laughs> Carol Otero. I love you. Carol Otero was the original Karen. That was like before Karen, but Carol Otero was like the OG. 
Oh god. Uh, and for, you like match that who, outfit perfectly. Yeah. Too. Like you're you're standing next to the bus bench at and like literally it's like perfect. <laughs> for anybody that's that doesn't know, there's a there was an ad in Northridge of a real estate ad and like a bench ad. And it's this woman's headshot and her name's Carol Otero. That's Northridge. And she's a, a realtor. Um, and in one of, there's obviously a commercial break in this film, as there is. Um, and one of the commercials, uh, I think the suggestion was Funhouse. And uh, it was a, a Carol Otero commercial. <laughs> and uh, it's so great. And at the end, Seth dressed as Carol Otero with the exact outfit, with the blonde wig stands right next to the the ad and it's it's perfect it's just it's so, so it just makes so much sense but there's, there's so much joy in that in that commercial and that like you're like you're like this is good <laughs> like this is funny i i was really proud of the way it looked it did like, yeah it, like it was really simple but like it looked like you would see that on like public access tv you know mm-hmm and then we hear her ad later in the elevator. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what makes it so, what makes it so funny is so like yeah we 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 see the Carol Otero ad early in the movie so that's like on like minute four or five so that's like five weeks into shooting then we see the Carol Otero ad like maybe thirty minutes into the movie so that's like months later <laughs> you don't know what's going to come back you know like and i think that's how life works too you know it's like you never know what's going to like what's going to stick what's going to mm-hmm. stick yeah um well i mean all the funny moments there is there are countless funny moments i think in this and like a lot yeah. of them were like that lady running at the train or that guy on Alvera Street, there's like a couple there and Seth walks Oh yeah, like you're walking through like, and they just like look at you. They just like look this. at him like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? <laughs> One lady I think points at you like, what the fuck? And it's it works so well, but it's like those moments are hilarious and those were not planned. But then there are some other moments that just like, they just work. Like the tamale thing in general also works really well. <laughs> Like, and then it come comes on, like, back come on, like, in the in the musical where like Chuck, as your mega fan, meta fan, uh, and then you do an ad for for hot tamales. Yeah, and then it's a, a homeless guy like with the hot tamales. They will extinguish your with soul with like an an amazing performance by uh, Jonathan Visser, who is a really good actor. But you would you would I, people think it's a real homeless man sometimes when they watch it yeah so and and another thing that i think is worth mentioning is within those ads there is a trailer for the film you're currently watching which to me is just so like it's such a like mind meld to see and it's like coming currently and (laughs) uh it's just great and like I love that there was an actual trailer that actually works and that makes sense. With that was Ricky. That was all film. Ricky. Yours truly edited that one. It yeah. was beautiful. <laughs> it was your Ricky. idea though, Seth. <laughs> Ricky knows how to. You know how to. You know how to package something. I, I, I do. Gotta hand it to you. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've had a lot of practice with that. Uh, all good choices, Sarah. All good choices. Um, 
I, I mean, obviously I have some affinity for certain things just because of the shooting of it. Like, like you said, that chase scene going downtown for the very first time, uh, we did the parking garage scene first. Uh, and then we did that, that chase and like, man, that was so much fun. Like that running, like where I'm on the opposite side of the fence and like the fence posts are like flying by. That was so cool. And then the shot from like the, 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 uh, the stairwell, there were some really awesome shots in that. Like we spent, we spent that whole day like shooting a whole bunch of stuff down there and it was so much fun. And so like, yeah, that holds a, a special significance just cause I think it's a great se- sequence. Not only that, yeah. but like also like it was a great experience shooting it. And, uh, um, the, I mean, another, another really fun experience. And that's one that stands out to me is the one where you're in the trunk of my car. That, that was cool. That yeah. was, I, I, I was really proud of the way that that shot looked. Yeah. It was like, that we rigged well, it. yeah, we, we taped it to the, to the, uh, hood, basically the inside of the hood. So that way it was facing him. And then when I opened the trunk, it, it pointed down on him still. So, but like, I've never I love seen how, that in the movie. I've never no. seen anybody do that. No, and yeah. and what's really cool is there's a moment where we have an overexposure as like I open the trunk and like it could be a hidden cut, you know, like when we watch Birdman, there's like these hidden cuts and stuff like that. Like that could be a hidden cut easily of like this like big blown out moment and then like a cut to a different shot. But that's 100% in camera, baby. Um, and <laughs> the re- the reason why I think that uh, that moment sticks out to me is you remember what happened that day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was, I mean, we were driving around with me in the trunk. Uh huh. And, and this, yeah, go ahead. This lady, like, saw Ricky putting me in the trunk, essentially, and and <laughs> and she's like, well, I don't remember exactly what happened, but she was like, she was like, uh, are you? What are you guys doing? Are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? So like, it just like you know, it looked remember like he was, later. Later, what happened? No, what? The, the police drove by and asked us what we were doing. No, that was uh that was a different day, wasn't it? No, cuz they cuz they're like, "Hey, like we've had some people say something about you guys you putting him in the trunk and stuff." Oh, wow. I didn't I I, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was not that lady. That lady came by like after that. Uh but like people apparently were uncomfortable with the fact oh. that I was gagging you with socks. Yeah. Yeah, and throwing you in a trunk. Yeah, in the middle of Los and then Angeles. driving away. <laughs> in the middle of by the Los LA interstate. But, yeah, in the middle of the yeah. day. <laughs> and so, like every time I see that shot on, on that, that like day, I'm like, oh man, that's fun. And we just told the time, oh, we're just we're just shooting a video for Instagram, and they're like, oh okay, yeah. and they walked away. <laughs> fine. They drove away. Oh okay. Oh, I get it. <laughs> that's LA. Um, but emotionally in this movie, the thing that hits me every time I watch it is the San Diego zoo scene, because there's that moment where Adam Poe is like, I don't, I don't know what's going on either. So like, even in my own narrative, like I have no idea what's happening. And that I think is one of the like truest human emotions that anybody can feel is that any, any given moment, if you sit and you reflect on yourself even a little bit you immediately like feel adrift and you know we you know we like i said we talked about it with everything everywhere all at once where it's like there the universe 
and everything is so big and we are such a small portion of it um that like as soon as you start like analyzing that it's it's tough and so yeah. you know the moment where you just kind of appear at the zoo and you're like i have no idea what's happening is like such a real emotion and such a real realization of like i i don't know and it hits me and and the movie really hits its stride i think when chuck gets involved it's that first yeah. moment of like going really outside of the narrative and like once we go to chuck and then we go away to like these like cutaways and then come back to chuck and then back into the actual narrative like that's when things like come alive in this movie like truly that's where like the confident i think the confidence got picked up a little bit more and like the ambition of things i think that's probably i think we also it's when you got your new phone because i think yeah. the footage also starts to look better around that time as well yeah um the joke about the beard i think is really funny because yeah i still to this day don't notice unless it's very obvious that your facial hair and your hair changes constantly throughout this, throughout this movie. <laughs> it's weird right it's yeah. i, it's I actually life. don't notice until it's mentioned it's like one of my favorite subtleties in this movie that nobody notices, but like there is no continuity with the way I look no. the whole time. No, which is the same outfit, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. And then also the 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 coffee shop yoga scene is one of my favorites because we wrote that together. Yeah, and we literally just sat down and wrote as many yoga puns as we <laughs> possibly could, like all these platitudes of like like. You know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm overextending. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, so, maybe yeah. you know, maybe it's too much of a reach. It's so much of a stretch. And, and then the button of like the, are, are you going to be leaving stay. soon? Namaste. Namaste. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it was so much fun to sit down and like come up with as many yoga puns with you as possible. And yet it doesn't come off as yoga puns until the very last button. Yeah. That's what, that's, that's, that's. What I'm saying is so that's that's what I appreciate about this movie is like you don't know it's happening really, but it is happening, you know, like it like those yoga puns are a perfect example because it's like if you're listening, are they yoga puns? Mm -hmm. He's actually saying something and then you don't know they are until the butt. You know? Well, it's, it's like maybe that says something about yoga is that yoga is like all about like it's not just like an exercise. It's also like a weird philosophy that goes along yeah. with yoga and that is like very much like spiritual and finding center. And so yeah. like like if you're talking about yoga, you're also kind of talking about spirituality yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so like it's so easy to blend those – that joke together to where yeah. it's almost seamless. Yeah. So um. – Man, those are – I mean, there are many, many great moments in this in this movie, but those are, like, ones that when I rewatched it, like, really, really stand out to me as some of my favorite moments for sure. Another but, favorite moment that I have is when I get to kidnap Seth Crow yeah. and beat him up. <laughs> yeah. All that fight choreography was Dane. Dane came up with all that fight choreography. <laughs> upgrade. Yeah, and then, yeah, upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. Let me ask you, Sarah. On set, was there like, was there was there chemistry? Was there a th did did you and Dane have a thing on set? <laughs> I mean, it, it was hard not to be like, whoa! Ooh, look at yeah. this guy. Do you know why I picked you for that part? Uh, 
Well, yes and no. Um, but what were you going to say? Because at the time, you were like the coolest guy I knew. Oh, uh, okay. And, <laughs> and you still are. Oh. I mean, you're one of them. But like, I, and if, if there was, if like I could imagine myself to be somebody else, <laughs> I would want to be you. I would want it to be you. Oh, thanks. So like, but it also represents everything I'm not. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. So like, so I can't be you. Right. You know, right. I can't be you. I can't be a shredded black guy that knows Kung Fu. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm never going to You can do, do anything if you put your mind to it. <laughs> put your mind to it. Uh, no, that, that was, that was cool. I, I always thought like, uh, I've always had a weird, uh, to this, to this day, but I'm, I'm more at peace, but I've always had, uh, a weird dichotomy between my artistic security and confidence and my personal uh, insecurity and, and lack of confidence. Um, so for some, for some reason, uh, when it comes to art, I'm uh, just extremely confident. And uh, I don't have to say it. I just, you know, I just believe and, and do. And if a part calls for someone who's like a handsome lead or super cool like it doesn't um i don't question it um but in my personal life i think i'm like a dork and like the exact opposite of all those things like not handsome at all and so when you came to me as a friend and you're like and then you were telling me what what you want me to do part of me was like why but then the other part was like all right here's your job and then so as soon as i just started acting then it's like okay this is what he needs but then once it stops i'm just like i'm just gonna go back to being this uh not cool person uh so <laughs> i always thought that was kind of funny like why 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 me hard uh, disagree but, but, uh, uh, cool. <laughs> dane, dane can you come please please be this this beautiful sexy god okay that sounds like me you would be the most narcissistic person in the world if you were like yeah that's me <laughs> beautiful yeah, sexy why, god that's, a, that's, I that's see why I. you would ask me yes <laughs> okay no problem <laughs> that's funny oh, that was, it was a lot of fun and I think that was the first time that I uh, really like officially met Sarah. I think I had seen her. Yeah, I guess that was. Yeah, like. Yeah, I think time. so. But um, oh, yeah, that was like the first time Very where I was cool. like, "Oh, hello, nice to meet you." <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the first time. You find <laughs> me sexy. Let's we have a lot of our <laughs> lives. We have a lot of our LA lives recorded in this, which yeah, I have not gone back to like watch it in that way, which I I, I might do. <laughs> if you want to know my favorite moments uh yeah the the death definitely a death sequence uh that for me is like the most artistic uh stream of consciousness i could put on film uh uh and in in some regard the the final moment climax just in as an editing feat like where i basically pulled the clips from films everywhere and tried to tell a story like that was that's the first time i got to use my green screen yeah with with the was with the tape that we tied a string in the notes and we dangled them 
and so they would spin over the green yeah, screen that yeah. was fun yeah and that looks awesome it does look good yeah. it looks really cool especially like over like mixed in with all that other footage from all these classical like classic films it's pretty cool um and so but like the the biggest like emotional moment the moment the the moment we cut back from uh the ads and we see la and then like this religious music is playing that always like hits me because like that's when my i let go of any expectation of what this thing was going to be and it was like and and there's something about the way i shot though that sequence like especially when the the paper falls but even before then it it tonally feels like la itself is a church like the whole like the way the downtown looks and then like reflective of like even the shots of the parking lot with the crucifixes and like mm -hmm. there's just something about it that really spiritually is a spiritually evocative and it was where my headspace was at the time and uh so that 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 scene um and like li little like the moments that give me are little like everything else but like the very beginning of the movie uh, and I think it's like, it's the, it's like a, the second suggestion, maybe. I'm not, I'm not She's totally sure. But it's like, it's like, we, we get back. I forget. It's just like, it's a little thing where I'm sitting across on the bench and it's like right before we meet. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, um, uh, uh, the, oh, uh, someone once said. Uh yeah, yeah yeah but what's we cool set up across is, the street yeah what's cool is there was like a we did something weird with the camera okay so what happened was i was on camera we had it set up on a tripod uh but it was like slightly tilted and yeah. so you were across the street at that point and i noticed that it was tilted and so i tried to subtly adjust it and as i as i did you walked into frame and like so it like looked like you had set the camera and then like walked in. Yeah. And what's wild is the sound the way the sound syncs up with it, the actual audio syncs up with the movement of the camera. Mm. It's just another one of those examples of like this serendipity, like is that planned? Is that not planned? Like it just looks, it just like slides in. It slides in and it feels like it was meant to happen. And I don't know why, but there's something about that moment that just like really like excites me because it's like it was it didn't mean to happen, but it feels like it's supposed to be there, which is mm. yeah. It slides in like knuckles and slide. Uh, <laughs> not my mama. No. Oh my god, I'm wearing my knuckles. My knuckles. Yeah. You are. <laughs> I thought it was a knuckles shirt. No, where's my knuckles hat? <laughs> I, I wanted to say oh, wait, too. This might be the knuckles hat. I think it is. I think it is. Oh, yeah. Holy shit! That's awesome. I didn't even notice I was wearing this. <laughs> I wanted to say too, like even this recording of the podcast, right, that we're doing today, and like all the sound problems we're having, and like all the like, but it feels kind of like the blending of the, you know what I mean? Like it, mm -hmm. it feels like the movie a little. Like we need to embrace Sarah the chaos. Now here's like, the thing. If Sarah goes into that room with you guys and all three of you there, and then if somehow I got there, <laughs> that whoa. would be scary. That would be wild. Whoa. Review. 
<laughs> I'm actually but, in your closet right now. But and I, I will say this. Well, I mean, we should probably be done. But this is how the world is going more and more. This whole meta. I mean, we're li- there's li- like they named Facebook Meta, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that this that this movie really does like start to show. Hey, this is how the world's going to start spiraling. Is these everything is going to get diluted and crossed and so i think that's kind of neat that we that we even say meta in the movie you know it's meta it's meta yeah 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 that was the scene where my finger was in the shot i was real good at shooting stuff at that point (laughs) real good my little finger just right there on the camera (laughs) uh but thank you uh seth dane and sarah uh, for sharing this special episode with us uh, yeah. for a suggestion of anything at all. I, I really I really enjoyed doing it. I'm really happy that Sarah brought the idea to me um, and that we were Thank able you, to pull it off. Uh, everybody at home, once again, if you want to have more context as what to, to what we're talking about, then you can go and watch a suggestion of anything at all, a.k.a. the InstaFilm Project on YouTube now for free completely for free we will drop a link in the description of this podcast so everybody can go and watch it um and uh we will be doing the big chill next week to that way we're not going to miss out on seth doing the the uh film that he wanted to do for his mom so that's a second gift for you that we're still going to do the big chill for sure thanks bro uh so just a reminder for anybody who wants to watch the big chill you can find the big chill on youtube google play apple tv amazon prime Vudu and HBO Max. HBO Max with a subscription, and then those other services are paid to rent. Uh, that is 1983's The Big Chill. So, uh, our special guest, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Sarah, go ahead and shout yourself out. Um, well, I haven't populated this yet, even from the last time I, I chatted with you guys, but oh. um, Fleeka Fiddle is my Instagram. Uh, that may or may not have art one day. Uh, it's F L I C K A F I D D D L E, like a fiddle, like a mm-hmm. violin. So flick, flick a fiddle, a fiddle. Yeah. and um, and yeah, that's that's the one I'll give. Awesome. Find Sarah at flick a flick a fiddle uh, on Instagram. Dane, why don't you go ahead and shout yourself out? All right. Uh, hello. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Dane Diamond. Um, I'm not on there too much, but uh, yeah, that's that's the place to go. I have a film coming out in December, December called Bums. Uh, I have a book of poetry that is available now. Uh, you can find that on Amazon. It's called Minimalistic Boldness. And uh, I have an album that's out right now called Bridges, and uh, you can find that, that find that everywhere music is sold. And uh, look for, forward to uh, more things that I will be releasing uh, very, very, very soon. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. Seth, birthday boy, shout yourself out. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Seth Adam Crow. Uh, I'm also on Twitter as uh, at the Birdie Word. So that's T-H-E-B-I-R-D-Y-W-O-R-D. And you can also find my podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, The Crowcast. That's two words, The Crowcast. 
C-R-O-W-E-C-A-S-T. Yeah. Awesome. And I am Ricardo Blade Diaz. You can find my personal <coughs> excuse me. You can find my personal social medias uh at Ricardo Blade Diaz, just like my full name, uh on Instagram and TikTok. And if you're looking for this show, the What's It About Film Podcast, you can find the What's It About Film Podcast on every episode. Uh you can find every Friday morning at 9 a.m. new episodes drop on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But if you want to follow us social media wise for more announcements and uh, engagement you can find us on instagram at the what's it about podcast but you can now also find us on twitter at we pod what uh which is w-i-a pod what w-h-a-t we pod what and you can find us on tiktok at what's it about pod so if you guys are looking to follow us we're going to be putting out some more uh content for you guys uh in the future here so you guys can follow us there uh, that's where you can make suggestions of anything at all of movies that you guys want us to watch and talk about. Uh, that's where you guys can get involved with conversations. Uh, we would love to get people more involved, uh, you know, interact with us a little bit more and we would love to interact with you. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for being here. This was a weird one. One, one more half. Let's sing happy birthday to Seth. What do you guys say? About oh, that? No, no. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. To you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Seth. Oh, and Adam Cole. Happy birthday to you. It's always so good over the internet. It's always yeah, so it's the best. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Bye. Adios. Bye, everybody. Bye.